Check out Unpacking Israeli History podcast. From the history of infamous terror groups, Hamas and Hezbollah, to the story of Nakba, to Israel's disengagement from Gaza in 2005, there's so much to uncover. Unpacking Israeli History cuts through the noise and helps you understand Israel's present through understanding Israel's history. Catch up on previous seasons and enjoy new episodes from Season 6 each week. So, educate yourself. Learn the history behind the headlines. Find Unpacking Israeli History wherever you listen to podcasts. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. This Day in History class is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello and welcome to This Day in History class, a show that pays tribute to people of the past by telling their stories today. I'm Gabe Lusier, and in this episode, we're reflecting on the downfall of the Inca Empire and how it opened the door to the European colonization of South America. The day was November 16, 1532. The last ruler of the Inca Empire was captured by Spanish conquistadors at the Battle of Cajamarca. The surprise attack was led by Francisco Pizarro, a Spanish soldier and explorer who had come to pillage and conquer Peru with his king's blessing. The odds were not in his favor, however, since the Incan emperor, Atahualpa, had an army of 80,000 at his disposal, while Pizarro commanded less than 200. But in the end, Pizarro found a way to exploit the Inca's vulnerabilities and lure their ruler into a deadly trap that ultimately doomed the kingdom. When Pizarro and his men first arrived in South America, the Inca Empire was at the peak of its power. The Inca's formidable army had steadily expanded the empire's borders throughout the 15th century, and as a result, their territory stretched from present-day Ecuador all the way down to parts of modern Chile, encompassing more than 10 million people. Military might wasn't the Inca's only strength, either they had ingenuity on their side as well. They built thousands of miles of roads to connect the far reaches of their kingdom and erected monumental structures using masonry techniques that had never been seen before. The Incas also had an impressive knowledge of mathematics, agriculture, and astronomy, and their finely woven textiles were said to be some of the finest and most intricate in the world. Of course, conquistadors like Francisco Pizarro were much more interested in gold and silver than textiles. He was already a wealthy man thanks to his role in the conquest of Panama, but he believed an even bigger score awaited him somewhere down in South America. 
a series of expeditions in the late 1520s convinced him that one region in particular was ripe for conquest, and in 1531, King Charles V gave him permission to test his theory. At first, Pizarro didn't have much of a plan. He and his crew, which was only about 160 men and 40 horses, landed on the north coast of what's now Ecuador, and then made their way inland, plundering villages as they went. Along the way, though, they started to hear stories about the great wealth of Cusco, the capital of the kingdom of the Inca. Pizarro changed course immediately, and on the way to the capital, he gained some valuable intel on his new target. It turned out the Inca had recently been embroiled in a civil war that had decimated their population and divided the people's loyalties. The catalyst for the fighting had been the death of a beloved emperor, Juana Capac, five years earlier. When Capic's heir apparent died suddenly as well, two of his other sons both tried to claim the throne. The younger of the two, Atahualpa, won support in the northern part of the empire, while his rival and half-brother, Huascar, won support in the south. More importantly, though, Atahualpa had the loyalty of Inca's finest generals, giving his forces a decisive edge on the battlefield. In the spring of 1532, Atahualpa defeated and captured his half-brother and was in the process of piecing his kingdom back together when Pizarro and his men showed up. The newly crowned emperor, or Sapa Inca, had been warned that Spanish invaders were heading for Cusco, but since there were so few of them, he didn't consider them much of a threat. In fact, when the Spanish requested an audience with him at the town of Cajamarca, he assumed they wanted to make amends for all the pillaging they'd been doing. In reality, though, the invitation was just a ruse to lure the emperor out into the open. Taking advantage of the empire's fractured allegiances, Pizarro had spent months recruiting soldiers who were still loyal to Huascar. Then, in mid-November, he laid a trap for the Inca emperor in a town square in Cajamarca. He placed several cannons on a rooftop, hid his horsemen and foot soldiers in buildings all around the square, and then waited for the guest of honor to arrive. On November 16, 1532, Pizarro's envoy met Atahualpa just outside the city and invited him to the town square for a feast to celebrate his ascension to the throne. The emperor had about 80,000 soldiers with him that day, but he only brought 5,000 unarmed men into the city with him. That's how little he suspected the foul play that awaited him. Once Atahualpa was in position, Pizarro sent a Catholic friar named Valverde out to greet him. Valverde spoke through an Inca interpreter, explaining the facets of his faith and urging the emperor to convert to Christianity. As you might imagine, the idea didn't go over so well, and when Atahualpa angrily refused, Valverde gave the signal to attack. Suddenly, Dozens of horsemen and footmen flooded into the square, and cannon fire rang out from the rooftops. The Incas were caught completely off guard, not only by the attack itself, but by the weapons used to wage it. They had never encountered steel swords, muskets, cannons, or even horses, and the sight of such strange, powerful weapons further fueled their panic. Trapped in tight corners and with no means to defend themselves, the unarmed Inca soldiers and noblemen didn't stand a chance. Pizarro's men slaughtered all 5,000 of them in a matter of hours, and not a single Spanish soldier was killed in the process. Atahualpa was nearly killed himself, 
but was ultimately saved at the last minute by Pizarro, who realized the ruler might be worth more to him alive than dead. The emperor started to understand who he was dealing with after a few days and promised to deliver an obscene amount of gold and silver in exchange for his freedom. Pizarro agreed, and over the next year, he collected roughly 13,000 pounds of gold and twice as much silver from the Incas. As you probably guessed, though, Pizarro didn't keep his end of the deal. Once the ransom had been paid in full, he staged a mock trial for Atahualpa and declared him guilty of practicing idolatry and of murdering Huascar, the rightful ruler of the Inca Empire. The deposed emperor was sentenced to death for these supposed crimes and was executed by strangulation on August 29, 1533. With Atahualpa out of the way, the Spanish moved quickly to consolidate their power in the region. They installed puppet rulers, including one of Atahualpa's own brothers, and the surviving Incas who opposed them were forced to retreat further into the Andes Mountains. Those pockets of resistance continued to fight against Spanish invasion for the next several decades, but in the early 1570s, the last Inca stronghold finally fell. In the end, Spain had to give up control of Peru in 1821, when José de San Martín declared the nation's independence. Sadly, though, the Incas weren't there to witness the overthrow of their former oppressors. By that point, the vast majority of their homes and culture had already been wiped away. I'm Gabe Luzier, and hopefully, you now know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. If you have a second and you're so inclined, consider keeping up with us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You can find us at TDIHCshow. You can also rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts, or you can reach out directly by writing to this day at iHeartMedia.com. Thanks to Chandler Mays for producing the show, and thanks to you for listening. I'll see you back here again tomorrow for another day in history class. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex-
National Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. 